1: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com
0: slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
2: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you.
3: Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
0: Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bosticue. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and, I think, fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, wonderfuls. Now listen... This is about as special as an episode can bloody well get because it is a mighty, great, big, mega-busting mashup special with none other than the Wonder Beast podcast that is The Guilty Feminist. I know. So, this is a one-off podcast. It's actually called The Hungry Feminist. We recorded it live in front of a full house at the huge space at the King's Place, which is in King's Cross, London. Me and Guilty Feminist host Deborah Francis-White shared the hosting... We were both the boss, and uh, as a guest, we spoke to a therapist and anti-diet guru, intuitive eating specialist, Davinia Knoll, who was incredible, as you'll hear. Everything else gets explained in the show, really, so the only thing I'm going to mention um, before we get into it is that you've got one more week to snap up a ticket for the next Hoovering Live. It's in Manchester on the 13th of October. It's a Sunday. It's 2 till 4 in the afternoon. It's going to be kick-ass. My guests are oh, just one of my favourite human beings, comedian Amy Gledhill, and writer and ex-Chumba womba star Alice Nutter and one more superstar to be confirmed soon. Sadly, the poet Jackie Kay has had to drop out for very good reasons, um, but you should come, come, come. We are going to start this extra special Hungry Feminist special uh, with jokes uh, that the Guilty Feminist podcast would start with, which are admissions uh, that start with the line, I'm a feminist, but... Uh, but as you'll hear, they're on a very eaty theme for this one. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I cook for my white, middle-class, cisgendered, sexist son with such care and love and energy that it's definitely making him more horrific as a person. (laughs) That's
1: lovely. lovely. Thank Thank you. you. I'm a feminist, but I notice that fans of the show who send cakes backstage, which we are so grateful for, And when we did the live tour around the country, people did it all the time. People don't do it so much in London because Londoners are entitled, but (laughs) it's true. We got some tonight, actually, because, uh, was that from you? Was that Sophie? Sophie Hodge? Excellent. Someone called Sophie Hodge sent us cakes, but there's a theme. The cakes are always vegan and (laughs) gluten-free. And I think that's because people think, well, that's what feminists would want and I get the vegan part because animal rights and the the future of the planet future of the planet
0: yeah but
1: but quite honestly I am struggling to understand the gluten free part is it just a piece of inclusion because they don't know who's going to be out the back, or is it that they think gluten has patriarchal antibodies
0: (laughs) don't know very nice don't
1: know Sophie could you explain your reasoning when you made gluten free cakes tonight (laughs)
0: Oh, well, that's possibly the best reason that neither of us thought (laughs) of in all time. Gluten's literally fatally toxic. So that means that if
1: if you licked your finger while you're making the cakes, then you would be dying. So it's good for you to make a gluten-free cake for us. But also, presumably, you're thinking, oh, there might be other people with celiac disease backstage. Inclusive, right. Okay, so I think what we've learnt there is
0: I'm a dick. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I am a feeder, but at least I have the decency to also do it to myself. <laughs> Tickle it, myself with that more than yeah. more than anyone else.
1: I'm a feminist, but I probably love some kinds of food more than I love equality. <laughs> I'm not saying it's more important, I'm just saying it would be disingenuous to say I love equality more than Hagen does. Beautiful. I mean there are times I mean of course if I was in a situation that required equality I'd say put back the fish food the unbaked cookie dough the you know mm-hmm. sure but if it's just a regular day and I haven't looked out the window to see how much inequality is out there yet and the haagen is in the freezer mm-mm-mm. in fact this week though I discovered yeah I probably should this might be I don't know tuck in should I say this
0: yeah oh, damn. I need to tell you about a new type of magnum ice cream
1: Okay, well, mine's a new kind of ice cream as well.
0: Okay, great. I thought you were going to tell me about a new type of inequality. (laughs) No. (laughs) What's Um, your type? Okay, so I went on to (laughs) Deliveroo.
1: Is it that bullshit Halo stuff? It was some... I think it's called Halo or something like that. And it said a whole tub was...
0: 320 calories yeah. in massive 320 on the front.
1: So I thought, oh, I'll try it, to see if it's any good. Yeah. Shit, innit? I, I bought... No. <laughs> I, bought, I bought two containers and then ate them both. Yay! Hey!
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so what's the point? The problem with 320-calorie yeah. ice cream is that yeah. you just go, I can have all of that. Yeah.
0: and then all of another and the trick really is to just get any ice cream and have as much of that as you want as well there's a new Magnum one and there's not there shouldn't be shame in admitting that there's shame in it because 99% of people still are feeling shame in it so of course people yep. are going to buy the 320 Halo bollocks um, and I, I don't know what, I've it's... tried one mouthful of one flavour some of them might be nice who cares I just think what's come out with those calories just to be, make this just
1: to be clear product? the official branding is not 320 Halo
0: bollocks <laughs> Um, there's this new ice cream by Magnum and it's in a tub like a Hagendas or whatever. Have you had it? And there's one called Magnum Double Caramel and on the top there's like two quid's worth in density of um, Magnum milk chocolate, but like a fucking crust. that so You have to get an axe <laughs> and you have to smack it in so you get to do some violence really earn it and you smack it you like crack it all in and there's chocolate all around the outside and then it's the most amazing chocolate and then it's like run through with real mm-hmm. caramel and tiny more other shards of chocolate mm. my sister told me about it my sister Hattie and we had it on holiday in France and literally everybody got a spoon and a few people were like well I'm not really I, you know I'm not really a pudding person every single person whose mouth that went in did like a I don't know. I think it's, like, more powerful than a lot of activism. Which brings me back to the point about loving ice cream more than equality. Okay, perfect. Should I do my last I'm a feminist, but... I'm a feminist, but I'm so bad at... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm a feminist, but I'm so bad at flirting that once, when someone during a sexy chat time said to me, I'm great at using my mouth... I replied and said, Ah, uh, uh, I'm great at vegan cooking. <laughs> was it meant to be an innuendo. No. I literally, it was the first thing I could think of that I was good at. Oh. Well,
1: look, there's value in that. I'm a feminist, but we've just started a Guilty Feminist merch store, and I'm excited about the t-shirts and i'm excited about the hoodies and i'm excited about the notebooks um very excited about those but where's the I'm, I'm a feminist but in this day i'm uh, i'm most excited about the aprons <laughs> <laughs> that say i'm a feminist but i do love a good apron
2: <laughs>
0: yes please So I nearly asked you where to sit, like you were still the boss, but now no. we're both the boss. That's true. It's a
1: mashup. It's a mashup. That's right. We're doing a big old podcast mashup. And here I'm delighted to mash up with Jessica Foster a regular co host of The Guilty Feminist, but also uh, the host of Hoovering, a podcast all about food, but also an Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee oh. for her show. Hench, which you have if you haven't seen, you have to see, and it's coming soon to the Soho Theatre. Honestly, one of the best shows I've ever seen. And honestly, I cried so much. I laughed, like, more. That's, it made her com- cry. It's a comedy show, but also so moving, and it was, oh, it was amazing. And if you've got any feelings about being a woman, being a feminist, having a body, living in a body...
0: Imagine if they were here and they didn't have any of those feelings. <laughs> They've come to the wrong fucking place, haven't they? <laughs> if you've got any feelings about being a human being <laughs> and being trapped in a body, do you ever feel you're trapped in your body? I do. Oh, actually, that does happen, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're watching yourself do something? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's trapped outside of your body, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually? more trapped outside, yeah. No, trapped in my body. No, do you know what? I'm quite happy to stay within my body rather than be outside but of body. Do you ever think body. you'll never
1: be anyone else? Yeah, I
0: do think that, because it's a solid fact.
1: (laughs) I get get worked up, I think, I'm just going to be, this is my only experience, like, I'm never in rooms I'm not in, but that's, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, I'll never be in a room I'm not in. Like, what are rooms like when I'm not there? Um, I'll never know. You'll all know, I'll never know did you watch years and years not yet
0: oh so I mean it's, it's amazing but one of the frightening brilliant it. things in it is the idea of in the future we can have a kind of transplantable consciousness so you could be in several rooms at the same time but Deborah, mm. you're no offence but you're fucking busy enough <laughs> well, I, as a friend who has to regularly beg you to have one holiday a millennium
1: that is true that's no, true. I don't. The I idea don't that problems. you could
0: triple—it's a bit oh, like Hermione, isn't holidays. it? in Harry Potter. You if could. If some could, of you could be having holidays.
1: If I could have a holiday, the part that I could present my consciousness on a holiday, and I could be here doing a podcast. Yeah. Speaking of looking out yourself from outside your body.
0: Insect. This isn't on the theme of either of our podcasts, and why? <laughs> I, I, no, I that's is. Is why Tonight's going to be is. so fun
1: because I think food and body is inextricably linked for me. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's how I know... I try and have this thing where I nourish my body with food. I fuel my body with food. Right. I also have an oral fixation. So that's not funny. It's not
0: like oral it is, sex. Debs. It is.
1: Okay, I've said the word oral. That's funny. But I think it's linked. So I would never, ever drink, just to be clear, while I do a show. But then Jess said it's not a real one, is it? Because it's a mashup. And I said, that's a really good point. Mm. <laughs> i'm having one so you know when you said you see yourself from outside your body sometimes yeah one sip she's had (laughs) it's the spirit though isn't it it's the party spirit um in your sexual fantasies fuck off (laughs) are you when you know you if you have a sexual fantasy where you can see yourself do you change your body or do you have the body you have
0: Oh, God, that's really interesting. I don't think I give myself my exact body, but I probably give myself my kindest vision of my <laughs> actual body.
1: I get rid of the cellulite in my thighs. Yeah, and I that's... Photoshop a bit. Yeah,
0: I Photoshop a bit. I don't, like, just pop a thin person's bod on.
1: No, because then it's not me in the sexual fantasy. It has no. to be recognisably me. Yeah. But I just do... I've got a lot of cellulite in the back of my thighs, which a I fit. know is meant to be beautiful, whatever mine I think some people's is some people's is listen I I believe in I thought you were going to say
0: that you could fly
1: I've given up quoting R. Kelly (laughs) yes good
0: um (laughs) For feminism. That's... <laughs> at the end of the Edinburgh Fringe, for my poster for my show, Hench, I had my kit off and it was covered in chalk. And I was very, very sure, at the beginning of the Fringe, before I'd even got up there, friends, I just walked past your poster, very nice, and I went, has anyone drawn a dick on it yet? And she went, just done it now. <laughs> um, and she obviously hadn't, but at the end of the Fringe, I tasked a friend with drawing a great big dick on all of my posters. On all of them? For feminism. For feminism. <laughs> I think also, art uh, don't in bodies somebody's changed quite a lot. Age, whatever you're doing with it, how you're moving it, babies, I don't know, tans. There's loads of stuff that can... Stretch marks come and go. I think cellulite... Or your feeling of your cellulitiness can come and go. So it's about an idea of what you look like. Even when you're looking in the mirror, what you're seeing is so loaded by what's going on inside your coconut and emotionally... Mm. your vision of what you look like who knows what we're seeing it's so loaded
1: that's a good point actually so even people who think they see their body in a sexual fantasy may not be seeing they may be seeing a version of their body Yeah, because we're all trapped in our bodies
0: my original point but also fantasizing about them so watching them from outside of ourselves thank you very much Excellent. Uh, yes. Mm, okay, so on the hoovering podcast, we've never just had a drink. We always have to eat something. So are you all right to maybe have a chat with these guys while I go and get just a small thing that I've got for us to mm, eat?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> oh, fragile. Is it, oh, God, oh, God. Oh it's God. in a big box and it says fragile. Is it my ego? <laughs>
0: Ooh. that's, that's you're, so noisy here on my
1: podcast if you're listening at home Jess has brought out an enormous white box and taped around the side it says fragile in red letters and she's now bringing out crockery and cutlery and, uh, it's not as
0: classy as your podcast is no
1: and she's now brought out an enormous bread knife and is now hacking the box open <laughs> in a concerning fashion Oh, she's ripping it open with both hands. <laughs> oh, it's a... Oh. Oh. Now, I know you aspire to a plant-based diet, even though you've just told us a story about the greatest ice cream ever invented, which I'm pretty sure isn't vegan. Um, <laughs> is this vegan? Oh, my God. i
0: flirt with veganism now, Deb, because of my uh, flexible attitude to life. <laughs> 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 it's
1: not just any cake. Wow. Oh, we have to get a picture. Yes. This is this a vegan cake? No, it shouldn't. It's not a vegan cake. A cake can't be vegan. A cake can be plant-based because vegan is an ethos. Is that right? Right. Yes. But this is a plant-based cake. Should we get a picture of us with the cake before we hack it up? This is so fun for everybody here. <laughs> I feel I feel everyone loves it. Okay. Ready? <laughs>
0: oh. <shit. laughs> I'm really enjoying myself. Okay, okay, so what we gonna I, put this I on thought Twitter. we could try and eat it in the most feminist way. It should be a nice big gay rainbow within. Ooh, I'm going in. Ooh, oh, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> so I should say this was made by an incredible uh, vegan baker in Catford, where I live in South East London, called Cat Food Cakes.
3: Oh. But it's got nothing
0: to do with Cats. Wow, I hope I've done it. Feminist enough slices.
2: Wow. Ugh.
0: What's the most feminist way to eat it, Debs? With our hands or without hands?
1: <laughs> uh, just with, our faces. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I've just tweeted it, so if anyone wants to see it and doesn't oh, mind go- shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so do we just eat what?
0: Well,. I, what I've learned through doing my podcast for a year and a half is I'm still not very good at describing what I'm eating. Mm. So let's well, just try really hard. So this is a rainbow cake.
1: This is a vegan rainbow cake. Yeah. The top is red. Oh. The next layer is orange. Wow. The next That's, layer is yellow. The next layer is green. The next layer is teal. And the next layer is purple.
0: Teal, Debs, you are so posh. <laughs> teal. It's teal.
1: It's the mean, same colour as my school uniform.
0: I'm scum not... call it blue, Debs.
1: No, because Keemar Bob's hair is that colour and yeah. she
0: calls it LGBT teal. Well, that's a nice pun. Oh, the red tastes really... Um, like... Um, um, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's like moist fire. I'm having an orange bit. Orange bear Oh do you think A feminist way of eating it Would be to try and eat it Really mindfully Oh yes Sorry So we've done um...
1: I'm trying to eat mindfully At the moment (coughs) I'm not trying to eat mindfully Here we go Here we go As Yoda says There is no try Only do
0: Um, What if your mind Wants you to Eat quite fast
1: (laughs) This is the problem That I have I eat really <laughs> fast and it's just like I'm ahead of myself mm. and then I'm overly full and then I think oh no and then I want more because I didn't really taste it mm. but I'm too full so my new zen thing is right. And this really has helped me when I do it.
0: I am listening
1: You're not but I'll talk to them because they're not eating cake
0: They are going to have all the leftovers though
1: they... yeah. Let's not call them leftovers, let's call them sharing the rest
0: mm. <laughs> Okay. Quite a long hour. This
1: is my... This is my strategy mm-hmm. for eating mindfully, and I swear I can... There's some receptors in my brain. I'm tasting food ten times more than I used to, because I used to... I do have an oral fixation. Stop
0: laughing at that. Sorry.
1: It's not about oral sex. It's just about having something in your mouth.
0: I'm really good at cooking vegan foods.
1: This is how I have to eat food now. Not I have to, but this so how is
0: how I find it? it's delicious. Would do, you just, just... do you have to um, see how slowly you can get it from your hand to your mouth? No, no. My action, if I were acting. <laughs> this is
1: top podcast comedy, Jess. <laughs> Jess is, Jess is make Jess it a bit is, more Jess... worth it
0: for the people that have turned up.
1: I don't feel this is making eating food more enjoyable, Jess. You can't go to Browns. <laughs> mason and eat like that you can't sit there and have your
0: scones like that when you're with your mum i'm pretty sure i'm not allowed in there at all deb's (laughs) i'm eating it obviously a lot more slowly than the other bits it it definitely makes it more disgusting to listen to i've learned that i think i did taste it a little bit more but i think because i'd already had to like imagine it for so fucking long it made it taste a bit more But but
1: you can't go out on a date and be like so, what do you do? And then with a snail's pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you've not swiped right on Tinder for that. No. Now, what I do, it's like an acting exercise.
0: Okay. So, um, you know,
1: when you're acting, you have do your you pretend action. To a tree? <laughs> no. You know, you have an action when you're acting. Say you have to find a pen. And you know where the pen is? So it's really easy because it's been hidden there by the props person because that's the play. Otherwise, if you really didn't know where the pen is, the play would go on forever.
0: I did a law degree.
1: (laughs) Your mother must be so disappointed. She's gutted. Gutted. So you come out and you have to, your action has to be finding the pen, not looking like you're looking for a pen, right? Right. Or your action could be um, wanting Gerald to notice you. While you look for the pen, in which case you sort of bend over a bit and stuff Gerald
0: <laughs>
1: So my Gerald <laughs> Gerald <laughs> uh- She wants to seduce Gerald oh, not, sorry. not give the man a heart Dead. attack the worst thing is that was exactly what I was going for <laughs> Gerald will not be seduced by you screaming at him at those decibels
0: mm. don't speak for Gerald mate <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's more like good at cooking vegan food. If you're listening at home, I was sort of, uh,
0: I was, I was, she was being real sexy over there. Yeah,
1: I was, I was just sort of popping down and you know doing a bit of bend and snap. Exactly, I was doing a bit of bend and snap. Now, now, so my objective when I'm eating, and this has really worked for me, that I actually enjoy my food. Well, for genuinely the first time tell in me it because
0: I want to try and do it with the blue.
1: Okay, is Teal. sorry. <laughs> LGBT. Is, teal. is stopping eating. So so no no no, it's really good. No, 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 no. No, you've misunderstood. So, because my action normally is how quickly can I get the next piece in? So it's like if I treat this like it's my last mouthful, suddenly it's like my brain receptors go it's not I know it's not going to be. It's like my synapses just suddenly because I have a No, it's not a bad thing. It's really good, guys. I need to convince you of this, because when everyone leaves, if we ever have a dinner party or a lunch party...
0: I thought it might be the last one.
1: I'm telling you it works. Okay. When everybody leaves, if I have a dinner party, the leftovers to me taste incredible. So if I go around the kitchen, sort of having little bits on my own, it's that bit at the end of Nigella Lawson where she sneaks into the fridge... There's no bit of cake that tastes better than when you're just having a oh, yeah. just have a sneaky bit and you really relish it. Apart
0: from these bits now.
1: So but, so when I decide, I'm not sort of going, oh, I'm stopping eating for the night. It's not like I'm doing that. I'm just going, I'm gonna have this, then I'm gonna yeah. stop and see if I want any more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like this. I mm. can do that sometimes if I'm already full. Mm. So it's for now. But I do know it is good food. It's you. for now
1: I've done eating.
0: And everyone. And knows. then I have to decide,
1: Whoa. do I want more? I do want more. <laughs> yeah, great. Now, for yeah, some yeah, yeah. reason, it makes me taste my food mm. so much more. Like, honestly, it tastes ten well, times as vibrant amazing. in my
0: mouth. That's amazing.
1: And also, I could find I can stop. I can stop really easily. And then later, I'll leave the plate there, like if I'm watching telly or something, and then mm. I'll go, do you know what? I'd like some more. Yeah. And then I have the re- the other half, whereas normally yeah. what I do is just shovel it down, don't really taste it, and then mm. go, is there any more? Immediately, go yep. downstairs, go, I'll have some more, and then I shovel that down, and I don't really notice, and then I feel deprived and overly full.
0: I was here with my friend's family really earlier, and I watched them have some pud, and um, <laughs> I didn't have any because I knew I was having this, and mm. it meant that I really did need to just have a pudding's worth before I could stop and really um, care. <laughs> Um, and i not. Yeah, I don't really but, care about puddings that much. But I think I've had, I ordered this. I enjoyed ordering it. I enjoyed communicating with the person. I've been looking forward to seeing what it looks like. It was a surprise. It got delivered straight to the place. I think there was a lot of anticipation. The whole cake was the equivalent of the slow piece of cake to the mouth on the spoon. I think the idea of a thing. Much like everything, I think feel like we're doing lots of comparisons with sex and eating, and that's not unreasonable. But I feel like the idea of a thing can be so much so exciting as well as the actual thing, mm. what it looks like, what it smells like, all the other things. I think that's part of mindfulness, trying to take in the all all of it a bitness. This is like the theatre of this is so fun, right? Mm. A massive fuck off rainbow cake. Mm. But also, I'm just on a basic what it tastes like. I think it's a badass vegan cake. Like it's a really good, mm. moist, tasty. Like I've genuinely, I've got fuck all great descriptors. Mm.
3: Are the
1: flavours going to
0: taste, like the colours going to taste different? I don't know. Because they don't, right? <laughs> Has anyone here ever tasted a different flavour within a rainbow cake? Uh, no. Okay, well, there we go. We have but harmony we on that. We should... Pardon? What? We both... Did we both just shut our eyes? <laughs> yeah. um, they taste the same. They're going to taste the same. It's just colouring, isn't it? I just think it's a really fun. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I feel I can go quite quickly and then still get to a point where I'm like, like an emergency stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the safest way to drive, Debs. Probably not the healthiest way. But I'm not dead.
4: <laughs> mm, I'm in my turn.
3: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. Our guest today is a
0: cognitive behavioral therapist and intuitive eating counselor based in London. She's working to help people cut out baffling diet gibberish and develop harmony with food. Please welcome Davinia No!
1: Hello. Come take a seat. Thanks
0: for joining us. Davinia. Thanks for joining us, Tavinia. Terms like emotional eating and mm. oral fixation mm. and food addiction are maybe bullshit. <laughs> but I don't know. Tell me. Emotional
4: eating is a thing, but right. it's not a bad thing. Okay. So it gets demonized a lot but there's actually nothing wrong with having a bit of cake if you're sad or you're happy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having sausage rolls at a party, you yeah. know, because you're having a good time. Vegan ones. <laughs> yeah, vegan ones, vegan sausage rolls. But it is good to have loads of other things in your toolbox.
3: Right. So to mm.
4: call a friend and have some cake or listen to a podcast yeah. and have some cake rather yeah. than... <laughs> rather so than you, just have the cake
1: so you should be always having the cake but
0: do something else <laughs> I thought you were going to say
1: instead of having cake sometimes have a podcast and then sometimes go no I want a cake I don't want a podcast and other times go I'm going to call a friend but you're saying we should add cake to everything
0: <laughs> I mean I like her I like yeah. Javinia. I like... Um, would you mind giving us, like, a layperson's guide to what intuitive eating is? Because I, I talk about it a lot on my podcast, but I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, uh... I, Comedian. Oh I feel um, like I sort of do, but I sort of,
0: I've intuited what intuitive like eating when is. When you talk about intuitive eating, you're like, because deep down, if I really think about it, I want a bit of broccoli. And no, it's I like, do. Uh, <laughs> I do. I don't know if that's helpful. No, if you
1: really meditate, mm. you—I most of the time your body is asking for vegetables.
0: That is not true. Yes. <laughs> your body is asking to survive. Your body is asking for things rich in nutrients. Our mm. bodies maybe, with stinking hangover, might be like, please give me a vitamin. I don't I've know. Actually, when I try and tune into what I
1: really want, if I'm hungover, it's always like chips and kind of carbs. Yeah. But if it's a regular Wednesday... I genuinely, generally do crave, like, I'm pescatarian. I'm not a plant-based diet person, but I try and cut out dairy and be sort of pesky, plant-based. And I want fish. (laughs) And I'll, no, because pesky, no, but, anyway, whatever. (laughs)
0: Anyway, anyway. Anyway, I asked you a question, then we spoke for half an hour. (laughs) So sorry, Damian. So so sorry. Please tell us your wisdom.
4: Okay, so intuitive eating is, I would say, a framework, a set of guidelines, And it's to help people trust their bodies again and get back in touch to what their bodies are saying. So a lot of dieters or people that have disordered eating, we use external rules to tell us when to eat, what to eat. And it's about getting back in touch with your hunger, what you like, listening to your body, nourishing your body, really getting in touch and making peace with food and not demonising food and seeing food as good and bad taking away the morality from food
0: it feels like the morality in food things not just the diet industry doing that it's more pervasive than that like there's a, yeah. uh, where I used to live in Ladywell in South London there's a, a cafe that did the most amazing cakes but I was like I'm not buying your cakes because there's a sign outside that always had some variation on why don't you give yourself a treat or like why don't you just have a little reward or like feeling like doing something naughty today and it's like oh kiss my dick <laughs> Just just well, say buy a cake. Do you want a cake? Have a yeah. cake. Yeah. But it is what <laughs> they're going, the going for, but I feel like it's so deep in the psyche of all of us that it's a treat or a reward or sinful or naughty. And mm. it's like, well actually, it's just Food. fat, sugar, delicious. <laughs> But you know what I mean. It's fuel. It's a very, very energy-rich type of fuel.
1: There's an advert at the moment which the tagline is "Now you'll have to find another way to be naughty." Ugh. I suspect it's the awful low-calorie ice cream that I just had. Right. I did find a way to be naughty. I ate two buckets, <laughs> so <laughs> that's where those ice creams are a problem. Because
4: <laughs> yeah. you know, you're better off just eating exactly what you want and just enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's absolutely true. <laughs> How though? <laughs> Do I stop when I've really had enough, and I know I've had enough, and I know the next bit's not going to make me happy. I know the next bit. Okay, so I came the other night, really trying yeah. to be getting in touch with my hunger. Really yeah. trying. I know this is probably more of a counselling session just between you and me. <laughs> and I, do enjoyed,
0: so. I feel a little bit okay. sort of pervy being no. sat in okay. this.
1: So the other night I came home, and I've really tried to get in touch with my hunger, and I do enjoy eating a lot more when I'm hungry, and I really enjoy like, waiting till I'm hungry, and then really having something out I love. And then stopping and like just before I'm like full, properly full. And then later thinking, oh, I'm hungry again. This is brilliant news. I can have some more. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. But the other night I came in, I was hungry. Great, great news, great news. But I was only a bit hungry. And somebody, I don't know who, left on the stove some rice with mushrooms. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm so lucky. So I scooped it out, stood at the stove, just eating it off a wooden spoon. (laughs) Delicious. And then I had had enough. So I walked away. And then just as I was about to leave the kitchen... I just went back and I was like, You've had enough, don't ruin it
0: But my hand
1: <laughs> just, just like and I finished it and then I went upstairs overly full. So I
0: I feel like I'm understanding why you started the show by talking about being outside of your body, Deborah, because I don't think you realise that your hand is controlled by oh, your it isn't, brain No, it isn't.
1: How? How? And I need the answer now. How do I say to Gently, my feet deb- and my hands, with the guest. how do I say, <laughs> what are you doing? Because my head knows, my head's like, you've really enjoyed that and you've had enough and you'll feel really lovely when you go to bed, not overly full. What's that bit that's happening there? I need to know, why do you need to stop? Because... <laughs> Because how shitty... Unhappier. So, okay, so if you... Why are you happier? Because I don't want to lie to you. Does your bit, body feel that shit because you've finished the rice and mushrooms? <laughs> really? <laughs> it, if I have two pints of haagen I don't feel no. like I've nourished my body. I don't feel like I've looked after my body. I feel like I've put too much of something that it doesn't want to be in there in there. Mm. I know when I get into that mindful place that I can have a lovely bowl of haagen Really enjoyed myself. And I don't want any more. Genuinely, yeah. when I'm in a good place, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to be writing. Or as you say, I'm calling a friend, I'm listening to a podcast. Or thinking really about depends. what you're eating
0: while you're eating it. Like,
1: That's the problem. I don't want to be thinking about the next bowl of ice cream when I'm having this bowl of ice cream anymore. I don't want to be living like that. I want to yeah. just enjoy what I'm doing and then just... <laughs> when the I'm in a happy thing. place, I'm not thinking about the next bowl of ice cream. I'm only thinking about ice cream when I want ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how? <laughs> Do you know the answer? I'm afraid I don't. Oh. <laughs>
0: I want to ask it. Thank I you for coming. So I, feel like... <laughs> I have a, some cognitive behavioural therapy, and I had a funny moment in my therapy, for me funny, mm-hmm. where my therapist said to me, um, When you binge eat, um, say so you've eaten and eaten and eaten very fast and way where you're not tasting it or whatever, then how do you feel? And um, I don't think I gave the correct answer. I said, I do feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I think you're going to be quite distressed by that. But other people can be very distressed by it. And obviously at times that's very distressed by it. And all the other symptoms of that. I feel like binge eating disorder is something that people don't talk about very often out loud. Because it's so loaded in shame compared to all other addictive behaviors and all other disordered eating. Because the other disordered eating involves a type of control, I suppose, or what's perceived as willpower or self-restraint or poise or yeah. composure. And there's so much shame around it. Um, do you work with people in that situation? And have you ever, ever had anybody who found it made them very happy? <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: yes. <Phew>. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do work with people who binge eating disorder. And you're right, there's a lot of... Shame attached with it and I think that is to do with society as well demonizing how much we eat telling us what we should eat shouldn't eat how much when we think about portion sizes that diets tell us it's like a bird would eat it you know Mm. so I think there is a lot of shame attached to it but the happiness um I'm not sure about the happiness that clients don't usually say they're very happy okay that's fair (laughs) enough
0: um (laughs) No, I mean, I don't think always, but I think that's part of the process of detaching the shame. I it's think It's so complicated, isn't it? With
1: booze, I will have a couple of glasses in the pub and I will notice if I go out with some friends, they cannot stop drinking booze. And for me, if I've had two glasses, I'm probably done. And actually, if yeah. I have another one, it's because I'm being sociable and I don't want to leave them. You know, they're like, come on, I'll have another one. And I'm like, okay. But I'm genuinely not thinking about when can I get more booze. Now, I know some people are, but I think we've all got something someone else might be like binge watching a show and you'd be like actually I've watched two episodes I really want to go and do something else now or I want to go to bed I think when I'm just really enjoying what I'm eating and I don't wish to overfill myself and I don't think about food till I'm hungry it's mm-hmm. genuinely a state which has nothing to do with me it's just a good state of mind yep so <laughs> any advice for how to get into that state of mind I love that
0: Deborah's just using this to get personal <laughs> tips
1: <laughs> I feel like my questions will be other people's questions that's true So
4: intuitive eating is a set of guidelines, there's loads, and it's about working through those guidelines, I would say one by one, so rejecting the diet mentality completely, accepting that diets don't work, Um, it would be about listening to your hunger and fullness, finding food that you find really satisfying and nourishing, moving your body in, um, in a way that feels right to you. Having, I guess, body neutrality, so having, I guess, gratitude and respect for your body. It's not about, you know, you don't have to love your body and think it's amazing, but it's about actually, you know, my body got me up, it got me to work, it's got me here, it, you know, it helps me laugh and have fun. You know, following those guidelines and getting into that place.
0: You said it sounds really complicated, but it's just so simple, it's just so hard to do. Yeah. Because we're so trained out of it from the off, like if you're lucky enough to have a parent who was able to and wanted to knock or feed you on demand for however long knock or lot. feed you tip feed boob <laughs> feed breast feed, yeah. whatever but most people <laughs> you know a lot of people won't have that a lot of people no, will have a, a parent doctor. that can't do that but either way for a lot of people what I'm saying is from birth you stop eating in a way where you're responding to your hunger and fullness
1: mm. from no. birth um, Jess I have to tell you yes right. okay I worked once with this amazing intuitive Lebanese French film director and he just looked at me and he went <laughs> He went, one day he just went, how old were you when you were adopted? And I went, how did you know I was adopted? And he just went, how old were you? And I said, ten days. He said, and where were you for that time? I said, I oh, think it was just in the hospital. And he said, who was looking after you? I said, just whatever nurse was on the shift. And he went, mm, that is why you like attention, and that is why you like food.
3: <laughs> wow. Now,
1: I think, at the time, obviously, I was a little bit insulted, but... Yeah. I think he's right because if for the first ten days mm. you have to flag down a nurse, there's not some mother yeah. over you going, "How are you? How are you a full little one? Oh, do you want more? She, well, she hasn't yeah. latched. Is she cold? Is she hot?" That's then how all
0: the mothers speak. You. That's
1: you, <laughs> <laughs> how I imagine it. That's how I imagine it. <clears throat> uh, exactly if you like have that. to flag down a nurse to get the milk, and then if you don't drink all the milk, the milk is taken away, yeah. and you, you know, do you learn when the milk comes? You drink all the milk, or you're going to be yeah, hungry. And you also learn to do this. Hello, nurse. And this yeah. is why I'm a stand-up comedian yeah. who eats two pints of ice cream. <laughs> you seem to have a lot of recollection for your, when you were 10 days old about, about what happened. I, I've reimagined it.
0: It's a fictitious version. I've reimagined it. That's what all memories are. That's how our brains work. True. We don't have like a file of facts. We recreate things from scratch every time we have a memory. So it's all bullshit. Um, LAUGHTER I learned that from another podcast Um, intuitive eating so I want to know what you think as somebody who counsels people into an intuitive eating lifestyle about is it called orthopraxia is there a new kind of like clean living disordered eating where people are obsessed with orthorexia I want to know about I want to know about what your feelings are on absolutism in terms of things like clean eating or maybe veganism and movements like that
4: Well, when you think about clean eating, it's like, what is the opposite of clean? You know, and... uh, KFC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I watched a documentary about how they make the gravy, so... Sorry. Oh, gosh.
4: (laughs) And the opposite of clean is dirty, and and often a lot of these really strict and rigid diets, they make a lot of people feel like they're failing, there's a lot of low self-esteem attached to it, There's a lot of good and bad, right and wrong, and it doesn't take into account what you actually enjoy and what you actually like. So Mm. if we was working with someone with with orthorexia, we'll really get in touch with what is it that you actually like, what is it that you enjoy, um, helping them to be more compassionate to themselves, and also getting rid of those food rules, like just getting rid of them completely, getting rid of, I must have this, I can have that,
1: just trying to really talk back to those diet pesky thoughts that pop up in your mind? Mm. I think that some vegans would argue that our rights are not greater than the animal's right not to be milked or eaten. I think that is valid, and I do think probably in hundreds of years, should we survive from climate change, we will be looked back on as a terribly cruel society Mm. because we did that. But we are still living in a world where it can be very difficult to stick to that, and we're also messed up in our heads about all of this stuff... I think when you get more plant-based, you just have these problems within that. Almost. Sure.
0: And also I think that, it, you know, it's as... Uh, I feel like that answer was amazing in the sense that you think about it in terms of, well, what do you really want? And if what you really want is to eat in a way that's going to make you feel like you're doing something that's a nod at least to your feelings about animals and all the planet or both, mm-hmm. then that's going to make you feel good, right? If you chose the vegan thing and actually over time habits form and you do start to think, oh, I do want the thing. I remember you... Mm. Was it a conversation or a tweet or something? But I remember you, Deb, saying like, oh, I've, so what's really nice is on a menu I've just looked at and I've just genuinely wanted the, the vegan, vegan stew thing or, or something. Yeah, I was like, like oh, that's that really amazing. What's really nice when that happens, yeah. when that is the thing that you fancy most. You're like, so oh, good. best yeah. of both worlds. Get the smugness and the tastiest thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I think what the tweet said, I've just done hot yoga and then gone to a cafe and what I really wanted most was the vegan casserole. So don't think your dreams can't come true and you can't change. You too could go to the moon. <laughs> oh, God. Because, no, I was being sarcastic about myself, but I was basically oh, going God, into I like. Oh, God, I thought you
0: were active influencing. No,
1: mean like, I've changed so much that you right. could go to the moon, if that could be me. Because when I was younger, I, you know, I wanted meat and cream cake and to lie down. <laughs> but that would have also been fine. Yeah, but I'm happier when I move my body. And I think oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I've got to be honest about that. Yeah. I wasn't happy being sedentary. Yeah. Things hurt. I felt tired all the time. And it depleted the quality of my life. And now, you know, not everybody can move. And not everybody has the luxury of being able to pay for yoga yeah. or do the kind of exercise they like. Or they've got three kids and walking to school and back with them is hard. And, you know, yeah. But I'm not in that situation. So yeah. for me, I feel like moving makes me happier but sometimes it's easy to lie there and be sedentary
0: and be miserable yeah oh uh, it's no shame in saying that moving makes you happier. no me no too. i'm just
1: saying i'm just saying like there's sort of like oh but you're being good no i'm being yeah i'm not being I'm making good. myself happy i'm being it's actively compassionate to myself and making myself happier
0: yeah <laughs> but, um i mean if you're listening we're all having a really good knot. I agree. Like, we are. It's, yeah, whatever, you know. I think ultimately it comes down to that thing of like, if something makes you extremely sad, try to do that less. Mm. (laughs) Diets for me made me so sad. They're so sad. And anyway, if something makes you very happy, it just sometimes it. it
1: takes effort to do the thing that makes you happy. And I don't know why, as human beings, we're so determined to do things that actually ultimately make us unhappy but take Do you this wonder effort. about
0: this, guys? Do you ever think that sometimes we do things that are destructive mm. and, you know, smoking, recreational drugs, laying around for ages when you know you should have got up and, I don't know, any of those things that we do, and I feel like that's gone right back to the earliest kind of uh human we've ever known in existence there were ways of getting druggy things out of plants and drinks out of mm. booze and mm. like we've been getting fucked up <laughs> through food or drugs or booze for forever yes. yes and do you think that's part of our humanness maybe and if we didn't do it we would be super human <laughs> <laughs> over to you we did not
1: find something to intoxicate us, would we be superhuman? Probably not. Oh. I'd say I'm oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, it's the
0: last question. I'm going to give you a scenario. Everybody gets a scenario. It's always a okay. very strange scenario. It'll be a unique scenario for us here this evening. The zombie apocalypse actually happens, you guys, but the zombie is the patriarchy. Um, LAUGHTER all the bits of it we thought we'd killed or at least dying have reanimated and have come back to us and they've come to take us from our jobs in the day and in the night if we're comedians. Um, it's like from our beds in the night but it's like Got from it. jobs Got in the day. It. Do you like it? Yeah, yeah, just... And they've come back to control all of our parts, hearts and minds and make us all shy and tiny again but it's agreed not to do it but only if us three and weirdly it does have to be us do a tough mudder event. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Oh, have you heard of it, Debs? It no. would be your idea of hell. <laughs> um, it's an army assault course in the no, wet, wet no, mud. No, no, no. Um, but we have to do it dressed as nuns, but also in heels, because it is the patriarchy making us do it yes. after all. Oh, Think Sister Act meets Rambo 2. <laughs> it sounds impossible, but you do it! Yay! So you are physically exhausted you've had this incredible not just done a bit of exercise you've done something extraordinary, extraordinary. so you're quite yeah. high yeah. you're quite but you're allowed to shower or whatever you want to feel human again or whatever you like mm. to feel nice so that you're in a place your reward is the adulation of everyone for all time you go down to history for doing something absolutely incredible you've saved us from the patriarchy feminism's done um <laughs> Tick, but your award in the moment is the feast of your dreams. I would love to know if consequences were not a thing, mm. and none of this has to be possible, what would be your dream thing in a lovely situation? Moran- to eat, is morality out of the picture? No, I don't care about any of those things. I okay, just want to know okay. your ultimate fantastical dream oh. thing, to eat, drink, and if there's a who, with, and where, then who, with, and where?
1: Roast chicken. Mm. And I would like both pommes and mashed potato. Oh, so two... Potato... In fact, no. Fuck it. Potato three ways. Also, <laughs> I want that cream... You know, the ones with the cream... Dauphinoise. The dauphinoise, yeah. So I'll have the mash. I'll have the douche mm-hmm. I'll have the pommes frites. We're in Paris. You've taken me there because they just have a magical way with food there that I don't understand. And there's a gravy over the top that's that amazing... Ooh. Oh. Yeah, and that gravy. Probably just something like some long-stemmed broccoli or something just like really tender long stem broccoli oh, on the I'm side. I'm it, Debs. And Sounds then... Good. I'm loving it. Now, I want a three-pudding pudding.
0: Yes, please. How are you doing the broccoli first? Is that roasted or have you just steamed it? <laughs> roasted. Yeah, a little roasted. Roasted, with so roasted with garlic. Roasted with garlic and onion. you saying that.
1: Um, <laughs> and then... For the pudding, I'm going to have a cherry cheesecake. So cheesecake, really New York. We've gone to New York now for the pudding. We've left Paris. Uh, we've flown in a jet, private jet. Um, uh, we've arrived in New York City. We've gone to Manhattan. We've gone to a deli. And we've ordered a cheesecake with a cherry. Do you know, I've not planned this. And I can, it, I'm ad-libbing it, but I'm it's wonderful. It. Cherries on the top, uh, like a sort of glazed, you know where they have a New York, like a glazed cherry compote type thing on the top it's got one scoop of vanilla ice cream on the side a la mode Ooh. then next to it is a tiramisu I've ordered and I've ordered three <laughs> puddings no shame I've looked uh-huh. the waitress straight in the eye it's all for me I've said to her it's all for me at the top don't start <laughs> thinking I'm going to be sharing this because I'm not I haven't got friends coming this is all for me I've got a cherry cheesecake with a la mode one scoop of ice cream I've got a tiramisu with the real creamy you know with the coffee and it's really lush and it's all got soaked in booze I mean it's really deeply soaked in booze and the third thing is a chocolate eclair. I've probably popped that in my bag from Paris, to be honest, because that's better from Paris. It's a cream, but it's got the cream in the middle, not the shoe. I don't want any, miss, not, not, not only of the chocolate stuff in the middle, cream. And then I'll eat that very slowly with a spoon, and I don't want anyone to talk to me or distract me. This is my time now. Yeah. And I will have all of that, and then a chocolate mint at the end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> after dim- eight. After also... Because I know it's how you like to eat, I want you to have that in a way where you can just have a little bit, fuck off, do something else, mm. come back. You can have that over a month if you want, Debs, oh, yeah. so and no one's going to judge you for Save it. Save it. Okay, so I would have a
4: Jamaican version of a roast. Oh, talk us through it. So it probably be... So it would probably be... <laughs> <So> <laughs> Yeah, roast chicken, but it would have to be like a jerk seasoning mm. roast chicken. Yes, then fried planting, but it's like mm. the sweetest ripe planting. Oh Delicious. Yeah. yes please. Roast potatoes, <laughs> but also rice and peas.
0: Yes, <laughs> please. Yes, please. Um, the rice and peas, like standard rice and peas, or is like a bit of a coconut milk been involved? It's coconut milk. Oh,
1: gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> is it that sort of brown uh. rice? Sort of, you know what I mean. That sort of, you know, with the lovely with kidney beans. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And it has loads of coconut milk and thyme, and yeah, delicious. And um we always randomly have coleslaw. Like, yes, <laughs> I love that. Yes, please. <laughs> we'll have that on the side. And then for dessert, I love cakes from Contatore
0: and Cook. So, I was... <laughs> so this, this some info. Yep, Lara's waving. Yep. Wurly curly diamond. whirly. <laughs> so what's the so, curly whirly cake from Cometer and Curly? For Cook? me, it's
4: like what a real red velvet should have been.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, so, what red velvet would have been would if have it could been, have been. Yes, if it could have been. In another life. Yes.
0: When it was looking at itself from somewhere else, but also not controlling its own hand. <laughs> it's how a and red cake trapped <laughs> inside itself all at it's once It's how
1: a red velvet cake imagines itself in its sexual fantasies.
0: <laughs> curly whirly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and um and a and a standard apple crumble. Because, Sweet. Yeah, because I just like it.
0: What are you going with it? Custard um, ice cream? Definitely not halo top ice no cream. Halo no
1: halo top. <laughs> Screw halo. Oh, you know, have found another way to be naughty? Oh how about I kill you? Uh.
0: <laughs> we've converted her, haven't we?
4: Custard. But the custard, custard yeah. you get in the fridge. Mm, so ooh, the- oh, cold like fresh custard. custard. Yes, yes. 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 So yeah. <laughs>
0: Chicka bow wow. chicken chica chicka bow wow. Thank you so much. I think those are two are the best answers I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, they're certainly they gonna be up there. Really lovely five. stuff yeah. you've picked. I'd like to join you for those meals, please. <laughs> I think it's time for a cigarette. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Davinia, have you got anything you are working on at the moment that you would like to plug, other than just yourself as a CBT therapist?
4: So I do, I guess, I'll call it micro-blogging on Instagram. So cool. check me out, it's The Diet Boycott. And um, find me Yay! there. Yay!
0: Awesome! <laughs>
1: Jess, you've got Hench coming up. At the I've Soho got head- I'm
0: going to be um, doing Hench at the Soho Theatre at the end of October. I think that's nearly sold out. Yes, please. But for three weeks in January. And who comes out in January? So can you come to that, please? No, because I was talking to the head of Soho Theatre the other night. and Of um, course you know the head of Soho Theatre. Soho. No,
1: I was just chatting to him at the Fleabag Press Night. Let's not go on about it. And... Uh, <laughs> and only because I wrote the Ford for the playbook because I commissioned the first 12 minutes of Fleabag. That's the only reason why. Now, he said, your show's selling really well. and uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, so uh, I would get in quickly if you want a ticket to Hench and you do want and a the, ticket And then, then uh, if you're
0: listening to this anywhere that you can't get to London from, I'm touring it from February and hopefully not just in the UK.
4: Mmm. Delicious.
0: Yeah, time for one question. Yeah, I think intuitive eating sounds incredible. Like that's like the ideal. How do you approach that when you live in a society that values thinness and commodifies thinness everywhere? Like all your friends who are feminists and they like they're like yeah blah blah, but they're also like oh we shouldn't do that. that's yeah. guilty that that's bad that's good. Like how do you live a life? when you're not, you don't want to be the preachy person that's like, that's not good or bad or whatever. How do you like just, just live life generally when you like, it's everywhere?
4: That is such a good question because it's really, it is really hard. And I think all the people that I know that I've tried to adopt intuitive eating is, or finding other people, you know, that are on the same path as you. So I do have friends and family who are heavily, you know, dieting and I don't want to be that person that's like, that's wrong, because, you know, everyone has to find their own path. But I do, you know, Instagram's a really great tool for finding people that are all different shapes and sizes. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to widen what we see. Um, We Mm. need to start having different body sizes and colors and shapes on TV. Mm -hmm. What I did, I diversified my Instagram feed completely. So I just started looking at images of all different people, all different shapes and seeing that that's normal to me and also spending time with other people that you know want to detach their self-worth from their body I guess you know in a way but every day you know diet culture is there it's everywhere so it is a struggle every day you are batting those thoughts away but as much as I can in my outside life I try and immerse myself with you know diversity and people that are on the same
1: path as me so is the answer fire some friends
4: Maybe not fire them, but if they don't make you feel good, spend less time with them essentially or say, Yeah, your diet sounds great,
0: but can we talk about this? Yeah. I have the big, big issue with it, like big issue, and I don't have any like perfect answers to the question. I've found that if I am around conversations that are making me sad, I do have to leave those conversations. I don't have to leave those friends, but I have to leave those conversations. And if they're good enough friends, then you can get into a conversation where you say, I find that kind of chat makes me sad, makes me sad. And you can talk about your experience without being preachy. You can say, I'm doing this, I'm eating like this, I had this lovely time, I ate this thing, it made me feel like this. You can talk about your experience positively, negatively, openly with your friends who will be interested in your life because they are your friends and your loved ones. Um, if these people aren't your friends or loved ones and they're f- filling your life with that toxic shit, then don't hang around them. Yeah, I don't think you have to ditch the friends and loved ones. You can still just talk about it from your experience without being, oh, I suppose, preachy or boring or polemical or whatever. And then it is that thing. I think actions over words. No one's ever changed their behavior because someone shouted at them, which is a shame because that's what my entire last show is, hench. Um, a woman shouting for an hour for people to stop, please, please stop being on diet. But, um, it's, um, but they will change if they see... Someone they love having this happy, healthy, brilliant life where their mental health is inordinately better because they're not being on diets anymore. And the more of us act in the way, the more people see the action, and that's as powerful as the saying of the thing, if not way more. Yeah.
1: Yep. Well done. Well, Davinia, thank you so much for coming on. Can um,
0: I just quickly thank Cat Food Cakes for the badass vegan yeah. rainbow cake? That was so good
1: we'll all check out your Instagram and your deets because it sounds brilliant and I concur that actually following people with different body shapes and sizes on Instagram has really helped me just change what I think is beautiful yeah. uh, including in myself and I may even include my cellulite in one of my <laughs> sexual fantasies just for fun yeah um, check out the cellulite John Hamm is the opening to the sexual fantasy um, <laughs> <laughs> a big round of applause for Jessica Vostkew. incredible and don't forget to rate to subscribe to hoovering and rate and review give it five stars big 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 round of applause for Davinia Woo! everyone at King's Place and your good selves for coming give yourselves a big round of applause give it up also for Deborah Francis White and we'll see you have been listening to The Hungry Feminist with Jessica Foster Q me, Deborah Francis White and our very special guest Davinia Knoll the recording engineer was Chris Sharp the producer was Tom Solitsky for The Spontaneity Shop musicals by Mark Hodge and Mike Greenway thanks to Zoe, Sally and everyone at King's Place as well as all of you for listening for more information about Jessica Foster Q's hoovering podcast go to JessicaFosterQ.com and for more information about The Guilty Feminist and our crossover podcast season go to GuiltyFeminist.com